Welcome in to the Sports Objective. Very special weekend coming up. And anytime we can talk to our next guest, we're very happy to have him on. Right, Bubba? Absolutely. I'm very appreciative of um, Dave Nathan coming back to the show, the play-by-play voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels. Big series this weekend um, between the Pirates and Tar Heels, beginning with two games at Clark LeClaire Stadium. Welcome in, Dave. How's it going? Guys, always good to be in touch. This is officially when you know it's baseball season around these parts. Yeah, Dave has put up with me for about, I think, 11 or 12 years now. So the time is flying, but uh, in Raleigh and now uh, here on the Sports Objective. So I appreciate your friendship and appreciate the visit. And uh, Dave, I want to start off with, I'm really excited. Anytime these two teams get together anywhere, but especially on the baseball diamond, it's special. And this year is even more special, I think, because both teams are ranked most polls in the top 15 with ECU 11th and Carolina 12th. Both teams seem to be equal. It's like, to me, a heavyweight fight. Yeah, at this point of the year, I don't think anybody really knows what to expect, yeah. but certainly there are expectations for both of these teams to be really good. And, and why wouldn't you think that with both of them being in the Super Regionals last year and with uh, the pedigree that they've got, the coaches that they've got, the players that they've produced? I mean, there's always a lot of excitement around both programs. And to be able to do this year in and year out, it's really good for the area. Kind of gives you a measuring stick of where you think your team might be going into conference play, and you can expect two two teams and two programs to play the right way when Carolina and ECU get together. And also, Dave, I want to mention that I'm going to pitch it above. It's really nice for both coaches to agree on the three-game series. Uh, one year it's two games in Chapel Hill, one in Greenville, and this year, this particular case, hopefully two in Greenville and, and one in Chapel Hill. That remains to be seen. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, so we're not sure quite about the weather. And Dave, that, that might be a question I have. Do you know in the contract if uh, hypothetically it's supposed to rain in Greenville on Saturday? I don't know how much that will play a factor, but would that be two games on Sunday? I don't want to be premature, but would that be a doubleheader with you guys at Chapel Hill if that happens? I'm not, I've not had a chance to read the letter of the law and, and the way that this series has been put together, but you're right. Just taking a look at the weather forecast a couple of days out. Friday seems to be fine. Saturday is, is going to be the bugaboo, and then Sunday – we're supposed to be back in Chapel Hill for the third game. So hopefully we can get them all in somewhere, someplace, sometime. But I'll, I'll do some digging on that between now and Friday, and, and I'll let you know what I can uncover. Okay. So, Dave, um, obviously the Tar Heels opening weekend uh, took two out of three from the Seton Hall Pirates. And in game one, um, it was a nip and tuck ball game uh, throughout, and uh, Seton Hall was able to win 10-8, to eight, but then the Tar Heels – Bounced back, um, took the final two games of that series, and then won yesterday in a uh, decisive way, 14-2, to I believe it was, over the Radford Highlanders. And um, so, obviously, in those last three games, the opposition has not scored more than two runs in any of those. Yeah, it was kind of an odd opening day for Carolina, dropping his first opener since 2018. And you figure scoring – eight runs against a team like Seton Hall would probably be enough, but you have to give the Pirates credit. They had just a a miserable year last year, not what they're accustomed to going 18 and 35. And, and they came out strong. They, they beat Carolina 10 to eight. And and although the Tar Heels uh, took something like a dozen walks in the game, just couldn't hit with runners on base runners in scoring position with two outs, but the law of averages eventually took over in, in the next couple of games and the Tar Heels looked vastly improved and, winning that series. And then yesterday, like you said, against Radford, 14-2 to was the final. And I thought the story of yesterday's game 
was uh, Kyle Percival getting his first career start for Carolina and going five innings and striking out six. It's the best starting performance that the Tar Heels have had this year. And you take a look at who Carolina started against Seton Hall, Max Carlson, Will Sandy, and Connor Bovere, three players all back from last year. Sandy's a fifth-year player, and Max Carlson's your go-to guy on Fridays. So the one thing that I think pestered Carolina some last year, and again, we're just one series through the season, is can you get five, six-plus innings from your starters so that your bullpen isn't taxed as the year goes on? And, um, you know, talk about the um, the bullpen a little more in depth. Um, I, I know, um, obviously, a, a ton of quality arms. You know, who are some of those uh, re- reliable arms other, other than the ones you've referenced? Yeah, Bubba, we're still getting to know a lot of these guys because the Tar Heels have close to 20 newcomers on the team. And I know your old buddy Jody Jones, who was at East Carolina for a while now with us at Carolina, we were joking the other day that we should treat this like preseason football camp and just put a piece of tape on everybody's hat that's got their last name on it to try to figure out who's who. So it's um, it's a new batch, but it seems like there's a lot of potential. And two of the players that are pitching coach Bryant Gaines and our head coach Scott Forbes have targeted to be potential closers are Matthew Mateus and Dalton Pence. Again, not a lot of experience at Carolina, but they've got big arms. And to try to find somebody to close down the back end is, is one of the spots that Carolina needs to fill this year. Uh, Jake Knapp, who gets the second midweek start, is a Walter State transfer. And, and there's a bunch of other guys who are either new to the program or have transferred or are going to see an elevated role because of those old names of yesteryear like Gage Gilligan and Sean Rapp and Brandon Schaefer, who was in the starting role for us last year. All those guys have moved on to professional baseball. So there's a lot of opportunity for some kids to break through in the bullpen. And again, to get back to those last two games against Seton Hall and the game against Radford, the bullpen was really, really good in shutting down the opponent's bats. Dave, with uh, both programs, we're talking about how even they are both, as you mentioned at the beginning of the interview, are super regional uh, teams. One of the things that uh, really hurt the Pirates is uh, that second game of the super regional. Um, I know Carolina, uh, obviously has been to, uh, wouldn't be the big dance, but the College World Series. But uh, what do you think off the top of your head for both teams? What will it be? The I know there's no right formula. Uh, every There's different teams that make it different ways, but how do you make it to Omaha? I know it'd give you a difficult question, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it, it's kind of easy. I mean, you, you got to get into the tournament first of all, and I'm always reminded year in and year out just how difficult it is to get into that field. And in order right. to do that, you got to win your weekend series. You got to take care of your midweeks and you've got to be good in series like we're getting ready to have against teams that you think are going to be there. So you have to have a little bit of luck as well. Obviously it helps to play at home. And sometimes you get home games in the supers. If there's an upset um, as, as was the case in our bracket last year, where you wind up hosting a team like Arkansas that you never thought. And uh, you know, a long time you get a chance to face those guys on your own field. And you credit Arkansas for winning those two games and getting into the College World Series last year. So take care of your business. Hope that you get a little bit of luck and maybe you get some home games in the postseason. Again, to have all those things go your way, it's a long shot. And, and then still, as you know, the competition just gets better and better as the season wears on. And if you are lucky enough to get to Omaha and you wipe the slate clean, you're going to play the best teams that you faced all year and some of the hottest teams that you faced. And it is legitimately true. When you get to Omaha, of the eight teams that are there, 
any one of them can win it. Nobody has any sort of advantage, I think, when you get there. Dave, you reference uh, Matthew Mateus, obviously a Greenville native. Uh, Greenvillians will certainly remember him being a part of that team that had the tremendous run to Williamsport in the Little League World Series. So uh, if, if you would, you know, I know I saw that he had an inning and a third of work on opening weekend. Yeah, he's got a big-time arm, uh, unique delivery, and again, to have put himself in a position to be a closer as a freshman, he certainly got the confidence of the coaching staff. And that eastern part of the state, as, as you know well, has, has been a really um, replete area with talent, not only for East Carolina, but for some of the ACC schools to come into and, uh, and bring some guys back. So he's, he's doing nothing but carrying on a pretty good legacy of folks in the, in the Greenville area. And to have uh, pitched this early on in his career, uh, you know that the Tar Heel staff thinks that he can do something. Transitioning over to the uh, position players, Vance Honeycutt, um, so many preseason accolades, and um, not only Vance Honeycutt, but as I look up and down um, this lineup and through the statistics from the first four games, um, a lot of familiar faces uh, and names um, like Mac Horvath and then um, also uh, also uh, uh, Thomas Frick and then Reese Holbrook from a season ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's an awful lot of depth on this year's team, guys. And it's not just with the arms, but you go around the infield and Horvath is back at third base. Danny Soretti, who felt like he's been starting every game since the Clinton administration, uh, he's he's gone at shortstop into professional baseball. But Colby Wilkerson won the job with his defensive prowess this year. He's from Oxford. He's starting at shortstop now. Second base feels like it's kind of open. Uh, Austin Hawk, who's a freshman from out of Poptown, was the starter for the opening day um, against Seton Hall and then started the last couple of games of that series. But that's a spot where Carolina, I think, can begin to tinker with some guys. Jackson Vanderbreak, uh, a junior college transfer from out of Washington, started against Radford. And Johnny Castagnazzi, who's another returning player, hasn't played yet this year. And so he could factor into that spot as well. And then over at first base, a Wilson native, Hunter Stokely, is, is trimmed down and is really swinging a hot bat this early in the season to go with Frick, as you mentioned, behind the plate. And then Honeycutt, you know, I, I joke with him, we should play with five infielders and just two outfielders. He's, he's so good and so quick out in center field. Um, but those corner outfield spots, I think, could be a source of really good competition as well. Casey Cook, who only played four games last year before he was sidelined with injury, has been a really clutch player at the plate this year. He's been starting in right field and, again, left field. You, you can take, um, you know, a dart and throw it at the board and, and try to figure out who you want to have out there. And, and I'll leave that up to Coach Forbes to decide game in and game out. But just running through those guys here four games in, you've got an awful lot of returning players that have accomplished a lot. You've got some new faces uh, that are capable and just competition is going to make everybody better when there's not a game to see who's winning these spots in practice. Dave, are there some uh, players, maybe the fans this weekend, maybe guys under the radar, some guys that have surprised you? You are very close to the program. So I know the fans, when they're listening to the games this weekend or watching, uh, we hope they're listening uh, for you and obviously uh, for Scott Rogers. But uh, what about there? Are there guys that you say, "Oh, that guy has really surprised me this year." 
I would say this, not that Tomas Frick has been a surprise this year because this is his third year in the program, but he got off to such a hot start last year. I think he had something like 19 RBIs in his first 21 games. He was one of Carolina's best players at the plate against Seton Hall. And so he's a player in that just demanding position of catching. You know how much of a tax that takes on your body to be out there game in and game out. And he's done it for the last couple of seasons. Uh, this this early on in the year where he's got to be rested and refreshed and rejuvenated, I would look to him as somebody that is is going to be swinging a big stick here. And, and we'll see if that carries over against the best team that I think the Tar Heels will have faced to date in East Carolina this weekend. No question. These uh, two matchups are there. Do you see any advantages or disadvantages or who has the, um, maybe there's the pitching leans one way and maybe the batting leans another way for which team? Well, I, I know East Carolina is going to have an advantage playing at home, whether it's the first game or the first two games, if, if mother nature permits us to play on Saturday, because when you go to Greenville, you know, you're going to face four or 5,000 plus fans that are into college baseball as, as much as any place that you'll visit. And to be doing it this early in the season, it'll be Carolina's first road trip. Uh, for whatever reason, it's in any sport, especially in the college game, where there's just so much passion behind the fans, it, it's tough to go on the road. And, and we saw it last year where I think East Carolina shut out Carolina in just a frigid game in Greenville. It's, it's tough to play. So I, I don't know matchup-wise who's, who's going to be favored to do what just yet. And uh, we'll find that out as the season wears on. Unfortunately, we get this one out of the way pretty early. But but I got a pretty good suspicion that if you're playing at home, you'll have the upper hand. Yeah, Dave, we actually had uh, – this is a nugget you can use for last weekend's series. We had 13,643 for the weekend, third best ever at East Carolina Clark McClure. Yeah, I mean, that, that's great. And and just to put that in perspective, the Tar Heels had a little better than 8,000 for their first series against Seton Hall, which – was was as good of an opening series attendance for Carolina in about the last 20 years. So wow. you put five figures in, in the seats for three games, I don't care where you are, there's people that have some real interest and there's a program that's given back to its fans. So uh, as you take a look at Scott Forbes' ball club, um, I know on the pitching side of things, you referenced a lot of arms, um, but positionally um, you see a guy – in the past, you know, a guy like a Vance Honeycutt explode onto the scene. You know, are there uh, a freshman or two this year who uh, you really expect to, to see that kind of output from? Yeah, that's a good question. And I always hesitate to put expectations on freshmen. And, and really, I hesitate to put expectations on teams until we get to about the month of April. And case in point, the Tar Heels were picked to finish fifth in their own division last year, and they wound up winning the ACC championship. In Charlotte, so you just never know which way these these things are going to go. Uh, but clearly, if a guy like Austin Hawk is getting the opening day start at second base, he he's done some things in the off season and in the preseason to merit that for Carolina. And I, I think that'd probably be about the only true freshman, at least in the field, that you take a look at and and say he's somebody that can help you right away. There's the junior college transfer I mentioned and. And Jackson Vanderbreak, who hit a home run in game three against Seton Hall and was rewarded with the start on Tuesday against Radford. So those would be the new faces that I think the coaches have expectations for all these kids. And you got to win it when nobody else is watching. But in in terms of what they do in the games, guys, I I hate to buck the question here, but I just try to 
take a step back and wait for all this stuff to unfold before I make any hard and fast judgments on anybody I've not seen play. Well, Dave, uh, as far as the ACC early on, is there, um, besides Carolina, I know there's always good, uh, Duke up the road with uh, Coach Pollard does a great job, amen. Uh, I know Wake Forest is supposed to be pretty good. So Tobacco Road sounds like it's going to be really good, which is great for a kid from Durham. But what about uh, the rest of the ACC from what you've seen so far? Is there other uh, teams that stand out? Yeah, I think Virginia's baseball team might outscore its basketball team here before the end of the month. <laughs> Cavaliers, um, they they look the part of a team that could be there in Omaha. And that's that's a credit to what Coach O'Connor has done since, since he got there. I mean, Virginia was getting ready to end the baseball program before he showed up. And all of a sudden, they're competing for the ACC title every year. They've got a college World Series, and they don't show any signs of slowing down. So Virginia looks the part, uh, whatever preseason rankings are worth around this area, Wake Forest seems to uh, to get the most amount of respect. And, and Coach Walter's done a fantastic job at Wake Forest. I mean, these these are tough places to figure out when you've got 11.7 scholarships and tuition is is upwards of 50, maybe $60,000 at some of these places. And I think Coach Pollard's in the same boat over at Duke. These coaches have found a way to get the right kids on their campus that can stick around can win games, they can be together and either foot some of the financial burden or have it taken care of in some other way. And it's it's a hard job. Um, Kyle Straub and I, my broadcast partner, were talking about how finally the NCAA is, has ponied up for a third assistant now on some of these staffs. And I think maybe the next barrier to fall is, is 11.7 scholarships to see if some of these kids can either get taken care of a little bit better and make it easy on these coaches to to slice and dice these scholarships to field competitive teams every year. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm sorry, Bubba. I was just going to follow up that real fast. Dave, uh, you've been around the sport a long time, and I know Bubba and I um, love college baseball too, and uh, almost five years worth of following it uh, media-wise. But uh, isn't it time when the, the sport has grown so much? It's so cool now to see so many games on – on ESPN and thank God for ESPN plus. I don't mind paying that bill every month. Um, but when you see 11.7, it just feels very antiquated. Just like the, thank God we're going to have another coach at East Carolina that we can finally pay and not be in trouble for or whatever. Um, but it just seems like it should be way more than 11.7. I know that we could argue for hours on what that number should be, but it should be a lot higher, way North of 11.7 in my opinion. Yeah, I, you know, in a perfect world, you make things easier, not harder. But again, right. living in reality, you've got to balance things out and make sure the numbers all align in, in terms of scholarship programs across the entire athletic department. And in some of these different schools, it's apples and oranges where one school may field close to 30 sports. And then there's other schools that, that, that don't field a dozen. So, you know, I don't have the answer. I don't claim that I do. But it's nice to see that at least we're making progress on making things easier. We, we've started out with, with the coaches getting taken care of, and hopefully in, in the near future we're talking about more players having better opportunities to, to play college baseball and, and not have to, to shoulder the financial burden of what it takes to be at some of these places. Dave, um, Dave Richmond, you know, referenced everything um, going on within the ACC as far as on um, the quality competition that the Tar Heels will be facing. You know, from an East Carolina perspective, uh, we're really keeping an eye on, uh, at least I am, uh, down at Clemson. You have Eric Backich and Nick Schnabel, uh, two Pirates, 
taking over that program. So very intrigued to see what they do after a nice run at Michigan. And then also uh, an East Carolina tie with Link Jarrett, a f- former hitting coach for Billy Godwin back in, oh, I guess about 15 years ago now. Uh, he is now at his alma mater after an excellent run uh, with Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yeah, we've gotten to see a bunch of those guys through the years. When um, when Eric was at Michigan, they were in Chapel Hill for one of the regionals. And you go back and you look at the history of college baseball, and the Michigan program is is one that might surprise some folks, just how good they've been and some of the players that they produced. And and I don't think he did any disservice to the Wolverines program. And, and I think what he did for the Wolverines program is a big reason why he's back in ACC country. And, and the same with Coach Jarrett having – seen him get up into the ACC ranks and take a program like Notre Dame. It's kind of one of those middling teams in the ACC. Boy, they play the right way. Uh, they're, they're fielding and they're pitching, and they've even had a little pop with the bats through the years. You can count on him to maximize everything that he gets year in and year out. And you've got to take these teams, you know, obviously, seriously, every time you face them. But um, from, from where some of these programs have been to where they are right now, it's a testament to coaching. It's, it's so important at this level, and it's pretty obvious the ones that are that are doing it right, and, and you can tell when other schools come calling, uh, you've got a pretty valuable commodity at your place. Yeah, and guys like Barry Larkin, I believe Chris yeah. Sabo, to name a couple. Um, yeah. former, Jim Abbott's another one. Yeah, Michigan Wolverines. No question about a great uh, program, especially, Dave, when the challenges that we're uh, not familiar with, we talk about the weather, but it's actually decent weather compared to a team in the north. And a lot of these northern universities are having to come for a few weeks down our way to the south just to be able to play baseball. Yeah, we experienced it last week with Seton Hall down here. And we've played Seton Hall more than any other team in these opening series. I think this was the eighth time that we had gotten together. And I think they'll be heading off to California for some games coming up just just because of Mother Nature and and what she does in the great northeast. Uh, Boston College always has – some sort of stat in their notes that says how many thousands of miles they had to travel before you get to April to get their games in. And and even in some years we've gone up there in early April and we're snowed out or we're, we're (laughs) flooded out because the snow is melted and you're just dealing with things that we don't have to deal with in Greenville or Chapel Hill or, or some of these other places. Dave want to talk about, before we let you go, I know the time always goes by fast. We enjoy talking to you Uh, as far as hoops are concerned, any things going in, it's uh Hard to believe it's right around the corner. You'll have the, the conference tournaments, so your particular case, the ACC tournament, uh, probably the granddaddy of them all, and then the big dance coming up. Are there anything, surprises you've seen or teams that uh, maybe uh, you're not sure about making it? Like uh, I know there's teams right now that are the last ones looking in. Hopefully one day East Carolina basketball can be worried about that. <laughs> I tell you what, boys, East Carolina, I, I hear, is, is hosting the number one team in the country coming up in what might be the biggest game yes. in the history of, of East Carolina basketball. Saturday. Yeah, we have our game, hopefully, with you guys on Saturday afternoon at 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, if weather, Mother Nature will – if we, we don't have a dome at Clark LeClaire, so uh, <laughs> that's the only time I wish we did is inclement weather. But then that on that night, on Saturday night, huge weekend for us that we have at Williams Arena – Benji's Coliseum at eight o'clock that night. We have Houston number one team coming in the Kooks. Yeah, yeah. We had played number one a few times going back to like the 
the uh, Christian Leitner days um, and um, played Duke a couple times at least, I think, when the Blue Devils were number one. And then also uh, back in the 80s, um, NC State. But, uh, yeah, first time a number one team has been in Minji's. Yeah, it's shaping up to be a big weekend in Greenville. But to, to get back to your earlier point, it's it's surprising that Carolina's basketball team is in the position that they're in, having been the preseason number one team in the country, to now fighting for a spot just to get into the big dance with just a handful of games remaining. And two of those games are on the road where the Tar Heels are two and seven this year and, and two more at home against Duke and Virginia. So it's kind of a coin flip right now about where the Tar Heel basketball team is heading once we get into the month of March. But we're, we're going to play this stretch out. We're going to go to the ACC tournament in Greensboro, and then and then we'll see what happens. And, and maybe Coach Davis and the guys have another big run in them like they did last year when they made it all the way to the national championship. No doubt. That's what uh, makes the tournaments great is it's a brand new season. The player in me knows and the coach in me knows. And Dave, uh, one stat that we'll, I know you probably already know, but in the ACC right now, 65% of the home games, the home team has won uh, of the ACC games, regular season games. So um, I think that, and then, you know, Carolina has a lot of talent. Sometimes I hate to use the cliche, cliche, but the ball doesn't bounce your way. And, and uh, all of a sudden you uh, last year, I know they got hot at the right time. So you never know. I know on social media and to see my friends that are Carolina fans, they are really uh, obviously taking it really hard, but, uh, you never can count UNC, and uh, I like Hubert Davis a lot. I think uh, not only is he a great coach, I think he's a great person. I've heard a lot of people that know him personally that have told me that, so I trust their judgment. And just seeing him on the outside looking in, he seems to be a great guy and obviously learned from one of the best, uh, from Roy Williams coaching with him and played for one of the best with with Dean Smith. So. Uh, if Carolina fans, uh, I don't think they need to be in the panic room because anything can happen, and uh, literally that's that's what you got to do. That's right. I, I think the Tar Heels would like that outside shooting stroke of a young Bubba Rosenbaum back in the old Clemens Cougars days, fellas. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> He's a grad transfer, I hear. That's funny you get that in because I was about to drop a, a similar comment about, uh, about yourself because, uh, uh, yeah, Back at the old Clemens gym, uh, Dave, you'll you'll appreciate this. My dad called it the Palestra, you know, the famous <laughs> arena from from up in Philadelphia because yeah. of it, really. its architecture and uh, obviously limited seating. But it did. Uh-huh. I can see why he called it the Palestra now as an adult. And uh, and yeah, a lot of good memories of our games there on the, that little court in uh, Clemens gym in Clemens, North Carolina. Hey, Dave. Yeah, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask you a quick question. Some 411. Did Bubba ever dunk on anybody? I mean, you were no, there. At the nobody in the league did, Dave. We were, we were what, <laughs> eight, nine, ten years oh, old? Oh, I thought it was. Oh, I thought it was like a. And we were playing on a ten. Team. We were playing on a ten foot goal too. Yeah. If you had a okay. six footer back in those days, you were on a pretty good team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I Remember you. Josh Sheehan? Yeah, you know what? I actually played with Josh when, yeah. when we got older, and his father-in-law, believe it or not, was on one of our baseball trips a couple of years ago. It was the strangest thing in the world. Oh. Uh, we, we were talking about where I grew up, and, and Josh's name came up, and all of a sudden, he picks up the phone and calls him and, and hands it to me, and, and we were talking like we hadn't missed a beat over the last 30 years. Because he, he went on to a very solid career at App State, of course. Yeah, he got a lot better when I quit playing with him. <laughs> Well, Dave, uh, how can people, by the way, uh, I'm lucky that I have, I know the TuneIn radio app, there's a lot of ways we can catch our friends. Uh, it's so cool to have the tech. One good thing about technology is that 
uh, for SiriusXM or certainly with uh, TuneIn Radio app. And I know you guys have the Varsity app, right, where people mm-hmm. can hear you? We sure do. GoHeels.com is another place where folks can catch up with us and the home games on the ACC Network Extra early on here in the season. So we'll be swapping television partners throughout this weekend and back and forth on the radio and the Internet. Just a lot of different ways to get Carolina baseball. Dave, uh, looking at the time, it's going by extremely fast when we're having fun. That's the way life goes, right? Thank you so much, and I hope we can see you this weekend in Greenville if the weather holds up, my friend. Well, guys, let's make a plan to catch up. And just one last thing here, I'd be making a huge mistake if if I didn't acknowledge the loss of Jeff Charles recently in uh, in Greenville. I didn't know him as well as, as a lot of other folks did, but I can tell you he was a consummate pro and a gentleman and always willing to help out if you ever had a question. And I've always thought, one of the best things anybody could say about a broadcaster is that, that he belonged to your school. And I, I know the joy that Jeff brought East Carolina fans for the last three decades is something that I hope gives folks some comfort in what's been a really trying year. It was amazing the comeback that the Pirates had against Cincinnati in the game after uh, East Carolina got back from Tulane. And um, just a, a huge loss in, in the Greenville community, a huge loss in the broadcasting community. And I can tell you, he's – He's one of the best, and it's it's just um, it's so nice that we're able to share time with Jeff and, and the many talents that he brought to the broadcast booth. Thank you, Davis. Such a classy thing to say, and of course, you're a class act. So he was uh, amazing, and the fact that he stayed with us 35 years, uh, half his life, he was 70, he would have been 71 in May. So half his life he gave to us, and I know they're working with the family on a way they can honor him to keep his legacy going and. And uh, I know there'll be another voice, but uh, it's going to be hard to replace a legend like him. I don't think you replace legends. Le- legends never die. Um, and it'll be hard to get used to the next voice, whoever that is. Um, and I know they'll be very talented, but we were very blessed to have him as long as we did. Thank you so much for saying that. And I look forward to hearing the broadcast. And, you know, we're always here for you if you need us. We appreciate you very much. Guys, my pleasure. Let's have a fun weekend of baseball. All right. Thank you very much, Dave. Appreciate Dave very much, uh, Bubba, for all he does uh, for the Tar Heel Sports Network. And, uh, man, he's so good with uh, hosting shows and does a lot for them. Appreciate him very much. And he's always very generous and kind uh, whenever we reach out to him. He's been good to us for the last four or five years. No doubt. And uh, like you mentioned there at the end of the conversation, a lot of excellent memories of uh, you know playing youth sports, specifically in basketball um, with Dave, going back to uh, – our days growing up in the Clemens, um, Louisville area there, um, just, you know, five, 10 minutes West of Winston Salem, um, the Clemens Cougars league that he did, that he mentioned, um, it was, uh, later on tied in with the YMCA, but just, you know, your typical community basketball league and a, a lot of excellent memories, uh, of those days. It's hard to believe that that was, you know, 30 plus years ago now. Well, I, I misunderstood. I thought you guys played together as like a rec league in the teenagers. So no, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I guess it started probably seven to eight, and uh, and then went up through, um, you know, you know, middle school or you know, close to about the time you went to middle school, um, the end of elementary. No doubt, and we appreciate him. He's uh, like I said, known I've known him for a long time, and always been good to me when my previous gig in Raleigh at Curtis Media Group when I was working there at uh, 680 WPTF. He was always good to me there. And over the last decade plus, about 12 years, I think now, hard to believe. 
And before we go, I want to remind our fans of uh, PGXGloves.com. Uh, I want to talk about that promo code ECU, 25% off all products. And also want to give a shout out to, in fact, uh, there it is on the screen for those listening or watching, PGXGloves.com. They have custom baseball gloves, batting gloves, football gloves. They've got a cool swag and apparel, a lot of great hats that you can wear as well. Uh, you see the logo on the screen. That's what's on the hat. It's really cool. Uh, all for the pre promo code ECU for 25% off. And uh, let's not forget about Next Level Training Center, too. And it's nextleveltc.com. Nextleveltc.com. Give them a call at 252-756-NEXT. 252-756-NEXT. Appreciate uh, Trent and Gaynell Brett their support of the program. And uh, Bubba, before we go, I know that uh, Pirates are – uh, anytime you play Campbell, it can go – it's like a fl coin flip, isn't it, my friend? Yeah, uh, tough loss last night down in Bowie's Creek. Um, honestly, the Pirates didn't play their best baseball. And if you'd have told me some of the things that happened in that game, then I would not have uh, thought we would have had a chance to win in extra innings like we did. And when we did have some opportunities, um, got a runner to third base. I guess it was there in the top of the 10th. Um, Luke Nowak uh, stole third. And I, got, I think he stole second and third, honestly. And um, then, oh, yeah. And then uh, there was only one out, uh, but unable to get um, the clutch hit. But, um, you know, hats off to Justin Hare and the Camels, um, quality program. And you uh, had a feeling it was going to be a, a game that came down to the wire uh, like it often is there at Campbell, and it was, and Pirates just didn't do what they needed to do to win. And, but we'll see how we bounce back. I mean, you certainly expect us to, uh, with the 12th-ranked Tar Heels coming to town, um, there's no reason to think we won't play our best baseball this weekend and um, you know put ourselves in a situation to hopefully pick up what would be a huge series win uh, against one of the best teams in the country, and that would bode well come postseason time uh, when all the all those things are being hashed out with uh, regional host and uh, national seeds and so forth. But uh, also wanted to mention Mike Schwartz and the, the basketball yes. Pirates. They were victorious last night out at the Reynolds Center in, in Tulsa. Uh, I think it was sixty-two to sixty, uh, and certainly wasn't a thing of beauty, but um, all. All those uh, losses that we've had through the years on the road, uh, you'll take them any way you can get them. And Jaden Walker, Jaden Walker stepped up in a big way, 24 points, a career high. And um, I know when he arrived in the locker room, if you follow ECU basketball on Twitter, uh, you saw the way he was doused with some cups of water upon his arrival to the locker room. And it's, it's great to see those guys. Get back over 500, 14 and 13 now, five and nine, uh, I believe, in the American. Four games remaining in the regular season, two against Tulane, including the rescheduled game uh, from earlier uh, when when the voice passed. Yeah. Um, and then also, in addition to those two games with the Green Wave, you have number one Houston coming in that we referenced during that interview with Dave Nathan, and then also uh, a game with UCF down in Orlando. And then on the women's side, I know you wanted to, to mention this, as did I, uh, the, the Houston Cougars are in town tonight, uh, that being Wednesday as we're recording this. Um, 
You may hear this before tonight's game. You may not, but Kim McNeil's club, uh, it's playing for its 20th win of the season, and that they're looking to improve to um, to 20 and 8, I believe it is. Yeah, 10 and 4. And, and, um, right and they now. have that game as well as another game against the Tulane Green Wave this weekend as they uh, will hopefully go into the conference tournament at 21 and 8. That will be great. In fact, the mission is free tonight if you happen to be – uh, watching this, and we'd love for you to be uh, checking it out. Appreciate everybody uh, very much for uh, the support of the program. As Coach McNeil talked about Bubba last Saturday, I didn't realize uh, we had about 2,000 people there. I appreciate uh, our support. And one of the great things is the players are bringing uh, a lot of family and friends from their hometowns, just like Amaya Joyner, Danae McNeil. had a, It was really cool. Had a bus. Uh, they chartered a bus, about 40, 50 people. They came. Uh, but we had 2,000 people. So um, that's the best we've had in a long time for a women's game. And uh, we, when you take away the education game where they have the Pitt County students, they have much more than that. But I just want to remind everybody to come out tonight if you can. Uh, mission is free. And then you get the uh, first 250 people, I believe, you have a T-shirt. So yeah. that's going to be really cool. And um, the women's program really taking off. And you know I love how much I love Coach Schwartz and – what he's doing and uh, having 14 to 13 now. So uh, just got to keep supporting our men's program and our women's program is picking up. So if you're a basketball fan at East Carolina, like I am, you got a lot of things to be happy about my friend. Yeah. And with their <clears throat> record now, the ladies, like I said, 19 and eight, uh, hopefully going to get to um, at yep. least a few games of, above the 20 win plateau. And uh, with that being the case, even if we don't win the conference tournament, uh, like we obviously hope we do, uh, then we'll be headed to the WNIT. So a lot of basketball still to play and uh, a chance. I want to say, I know under Heather Macy, we won 22, three consecutive seasons. That's I great. believe I, there were two occasions prior to that where we won 23 games. Uh, and so I think the program record for win is 20 or wins, excuse me, is 23. That sounds right. Um, th th this yeah. team still has a chance to uh, set a new program record with 24 wins. That's amazing. I, you're right about that, Bubba, about the 20, I think 23 off the top of my head. I'm not looking at it, but it sounds right. And Kim McNeil has uh, definitely got the program headed in the right direction. And first year head coach Mike Schwartz at uh, Greenville with his recruiting and the players love him and we love him because he's great to the media and uh, really selling the program. And we got to just get behind him and, uh, work really hard to uh, to help support, you know, because when you get in Williams Arena, well, even with the women's games with two or 3,000, it's really loud. And uh, so that's what I'm hoping for tonight. And good luck to the Lady Pirates. Uh, really proud of Coach McNeil. We'll try to get her on if we can, Bubba. We're trying to work out her schedule and our schedule. I know that sometimes it's like herding cats because we have day jobs and we're dads and have families and all that. So with homework and giving a kid a, our kids a bath and practice it, it can be challenging, but yeah. uh, we look forward to having coach McNeil on very soon. Yeah. We reached out to ECU media relations and with the crazy schedule with the, with the game today, um, yeah. we were, we were attempting to record an interview with her on Tuesday, but um just too busy of a schedule to accommodate. But I know uh, hopefully maybe, maybe between, in the conference tournament and postseason play, but it, if nothing else, uh, following the season, we'll have Coach McNeil on to uh, recap 
the season if it is in fact uh, following following the conclusion of the of the 23 campaign so um look forward to hearing what she has to say it's what's been a historically good year for ECU women's basketball and the good news for both men's and women's basketball it's only going to get better and I can't wait to look forward to that look forward to the women's game tonight as we talked about and of course Bubba will have uh uh, we'll keep all the latest of what's going on. In fact, we'll have uh, maybe we can talk about uh, tomorrow night. We can uh, being Thursday. We can talk about uh, football with the football schedule and much more. We'll look and see if we can do that and work it all with uh, the guys. But that came out. If you haven't had a chance, take a look at that at ecupirates.com. And don't forget to get your football tickets. Just go there to ecupirates.com or during business hours. So if you're old like me. And you know how to do technology, 1-800-DIAL-ECU, right, Bubba? Yep, 1-800-DIAL-ECU or ecupirates.com to get those 2023 ECU football season tickets. And you know, stay tuned here in the next day or two. Uh, we will have a, a video um, promoting those season tickets on our YouTube channel. And be okay. sure to subscribe to YouTube or on YouTube to the sports objective. If you've not already done so. And that way, if you click the notification bell and the word all, then anytime we go live or post new content, you'll be alerted on your device and um, you'll, you'll be sure not to miss any of the things that we put out there. Uh, like coach Connors, excellent interviews with former pirates, like, you know, former pirate players such as Emac junior Smith, Vontae Leach, and a host of others. Uh, then you have, um, obviously, A Pirate's Life for Me, interviews that I do with former Pirate players, and then also um, Pirate fans uh, getting their take on you know when they became a Pirate, and then a lot of their fond memories of following the Pirates uh, throughout the country, uh, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, or what have you. No doubt about it. Looking forward to all that programming. And of course, uh, any breaking news at once, we'll have it here for you. All right. Thanks to our very special guest, Dave Nathan, as we get ready for the Pirates and the Tar Heels. Huge weekend in Greenville and Chapel Hill is number 11 East Carolina versus number 12 North Carolina. It's going to be a huge, huge heavyweight fight. Cannot wait for it. Thanks to him. Thank you, Bubba, for all that you do for us behind the scenes and on air as well. And we'll be with you guys very soon. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, go Pirates. Every yard, every first down, every touchdown with the cannons blast. Get it on, get it all, get the wave going like the